So the, tomorrow will be Sunday schedule. Uh, we're holding at the bottom of Mzayim Base. Today's daf is Memches. So we touched on a, a, a Shas Sugya yesterday. If you remember that uh, the Machlok is between Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish is where the Kenyan Peres is considered to be like Kenyan Aguf, meaning Yusuf Ruktari rights, the rights to use the Peres Legally, halachically, does that also make you are viewed as you are the owner of the actual asset of, of the of the guf uh, itself? Now, Rashi spoke out yesterday, and the reason why I spoke it out is because of what's coming up right now. Rashi said that this machlokus was talking about the case over there was that a person was mocher. He specifically identified that you should own the payros for ten years. So specifically, was a Kenyan payrus. He said, "I'm selling you the payrus of this car," and still there's a machlokus of Yochan and Shlokish where the Kenyan payrus and Kenyan good. So Rashi has the kasha, but doesn't Yovel anyway make it go back? So Rashi says, "Must be we're talking about during Bais Sheni after all the tribes were uh, some of the tribes had already been kicked out of Eretz Yisrael. So therefore, there's no din Yovel, but there's still a base on Mikdash." So therefore, they were talking about, it was that time period where Yovel wasn't Nohek, so therefore it wouldn't have automatically gone back because of Yovel. So therefore, the reason it's only going to go back now is because you limited it to a 10-year uh, situation. And in that case, there was the Machlokas with the Kenya Paris, the Kenya Guf. Now, the Gemara brings down is that we find Rabbi Yochan Rish Argued similarly in an, in, a, in, a, in another scenario. Now this is very important. Is that when Rabbeinu Ravashi they edited the Gemara, they included these memra, these machlokasin. They the Chora, they would not have to have redundancies. You don't have to say the exact same thing twice, unless. There's a trichasa that one would not be able to exist with the other, which is what we're about to do right now. Says Malakas, for Azul Tamaya, the Machlokas here between Rabbi Yochan and Reish Lokish, where the Kenya Paris and Kenya Guf is, seems to go according to party lines in the following memra. The Itmar, Hamokhra Sadeo Bismancha Yovel Noheg. Now there's a, yeah, the Knech, it's different. This is during, let's say, Bayes Rishon, or during Bayes when the, when the Yovel was Noheg. So this is not talking about whether he specifically told the guy, I'm only selling this for 10 years. This was a regular Mechiras Karka during this man where Yovel is Noheg, but Lechorah, it's understood that you're going to have to give back the land. So, ostensibly, really all it is, is a Kenyan Paris, right? So, there is Mancha and Yovel Noheg. The purchaser is considered to be the owner, not only, Tosa said, like a Takana de Rabbonin that you may be, but the Rice is considered to be the owner because he brings and he also does the second mitzvah of doing the Kriya, means he's a full-fledged owner. Whereas, Rishlakish Amar Meiveina Kora, Tosa said there was only a Din de Rabbonin because really he's not the owner because all he owns is the Paris. Nevertheless, it may be, but we don't allow him to break, to do, to the, do the recitation. That doesn't do. Now, Rabbi Yochan, now, but Sricha, now the one says you have to have both Machlokasin. Remember, the first case yesterday we're dealing with was a case Rashi said in Baishani where Yovel wasn't Nohek, but you spoke out that this is going to be a limited sale only for payers for 10 years. 
And there we had Machlokas, Rabbi Yochanan Shlokas, with a Kiddu Peretz Ginyu Guf. Is it maybe the Korah, maybe the Eina Korah? Right? Basically, maybe they're still around, but Yovel is not knowing. And here we have a situation where Yovel is knowing, but the Chorah seems to be the exact same Machlokas. So why do you need to have both? There's so more like this. Let me explain to you why you need both. The Eit Marbahi. So because if you would have had the case, the first case, when it was specifically spoken out that I am selling you the payers for 10 years, you could understand that, w- that maybe Rach Lokish's position, the Kenyan payers, is Lafka Kenya Guf, is with a person when they made the sale stressed specifically, I'm only selling you the payers for 10 years. Then it could be that you would have, if, that, if that's all you had, you'd say that's where Rach Lokish says Kenyan payers is not considered Kinyagul. But in the second case, the case we did today, where there was no focus on the payers, I sold you the land. It happens to be there's a technicality. What's the technicality? That when Yovel comes... But it could be that there maybe Rish Lokish would agree to Rabbi Yochanan since it wasn't couched as a Kenyan payers, it was couched as a regular Kenyan, maybe there you would hold, you don't say Kenyan payers love Kenyan Aguf, and that should be viewed like a Kenyan Aguf, and maybe their taka should be maybe the Korah. That's why you could not rely just on the earlier Machlokas, you need to see Rish Lokish's position in the second Machlokas as well. By Hikam Rish Lokish, the Hikanachis, Adaita Pirukanachis, they clearly He's coming down specifically for the payros. He spoke it out. I want the payros for 10 years. Abel Bahach, but in the second case, when it's Bezman, where Yobel is Noeg, the person buying, he doesn't think he's buying payros. He thought he's buying the piece of property. Technicality is Yobel's going to make him have to give it back. But he thinks in his mind he's buying not just the payros. Therefore, in such a case, maybe that should be viewed, even according to Shlokish, as a Kenyan Haguf. Same a Moedelator of Yochanan. Kamash Malan, that no, even there, it's still only considered to be a Kenyan payros. I, then the obvious question is, so why, the only write the second scenario, and therefore you'll see Reish Lakish then Kalachomer for the first scenario, but then you wouldn't know Rabbi Yochanan, because then you would have said like this, when does Rabbi Yochanan say Kinyan Peres or Kinyan Guf? It's only in the second scenario, where you didn't identify him only selling the Peres. But in the first scenario, we said I'm only selling the Peres. Maybe Rabbi Yochanan would agree with Reish Lakish. That's why you need to have the first scenario as well, to show you the Koach of Rabbi Yochanan. You only had the second scenario, but in the earlier case, that's why you have to have both scenarios. Toshima, come and listen. All right? Now, we're talking about a situation over, over here where a person is buying a fruit tree. Right? Now, the understanding is when you buy one tree, you go, a guy has an orchard, and I go and buy one tree, the land doesn't come along with it. You owe the tree for the duration of the life of the tree, right? And whatever payrolls comes, right, comes. But you don't own the land. We're going to discuss this. The one is going to say, I mean, the Mishnah, we could quote in Makurim, says that when you buy three trees in, uh, next to each other, there, even without speaking out that you're purchasing the land beneath it, you automatically get the land... Plus the, uh, the tree, plus the carcade itself. And there's going to be a discussion what happens when it's only two trees. It's better than one, but it's not three. What's going to be the ruling? Now, obviously, what we're dealing with over there is concerning Bikurim. Whether we say, maybe the Korah, or maybe the Eina Korah. Now, the assumption right now is we're talking about in a time when Yovel is Noheg. 
We're talking about when you that's the assumption the Gemara is going to make is making right now. So Gemara says like this: Satoshima Hakona Ilan. The Mishnah says in Mikur, if a person purchases a tree, the Karkao, but you spoke out. In this case, you didn't just say I'm buying the tree. In the deed, I'm purchasing the tree plus I want the land underneath it. Uh, right, maybe the uh, uh, right or surrounding it so that you can work the tree. Maybe the Korah says the Mishnah. This person is able to say, he's able to say because he bought the tree plus the land underneath him. So he's maybe the Korah. Now, the Korah, the Gemara's question is, one second, but if it's Bisman where the, no, the Yovel is Nohek, it's still ostensibly only a Kenyan Peros. According to Rachel Lakish, it should be maybe the Aina Korah. Why? Because it's going to return it. Because you have to give it, it's only a Kenyan payroll. Even the land, it's still considered only a Kenyan because you have to give it back. The answer the Gemara says, This is not scenario number two. This is scenario number one. Which means there is no Yovel right now. Which means you don't have to give back the land. Which means, therefore, since you spoke out the tree and the land underneath it, so therefore, that's clearly a Kenyan Aguf, not a Kenyan Paris only. That's why it's maybe the Korah. Alright, that's talking about like scenario one, not like scenario two. Toshima, same type of idea. Again, where assumption is that we're talking about when Noeg, when Yovel was Noeg. During the Vice Rishon, Yovel, Yovel was Noeg. Hakonesh Ne'ilonos, it's really a continuation of the earlier Mishnah. Right? But, uh, Now in this case, you never said I'm buying the Sodeh with the Karka. You only said I'm buying two trees. So again, the assumption is it's only the trees without the land. So it's really a king in Peros. It's not a Kenyan Haguf. Maybe the Enakora, therefore you bring, like the Takonas Chacham and the Tezusim, but Enakora, because you don't have the Kenyan Haguf. Question is, the more it says, Ash Losha, it's Mashma though, that if it would have been three trees, and then, and you would have got the land with the trees, that's mashma, then you would have maybe vikora, like the sheet of Rabbi Yochanan. But according to Ishlokish, it's difficult, because according to Ishlokish, you still have to give it back of the Yobel. So it's still only considered Kenya Perez. Yet it says maybe vikora. Ha'ashlosha, maybe vikora. Again, the same teretz, is we're not talking about with the Yobel. So if it's Shlosha, which automatically gets land, you would keep it forever. Memele, it's maybe vikora. So therefore, ha'chanam is man she'en ha'yobel noheg. Now, the Gemara is going to give another answer, which uh, I'm just going to explain it outside. We'll see it inside. That there, Rav Chista came along and said the following uh, caveat. And based on Rav Chista's chilek, we can also answer the Mishnah in Bekurim that we had a kasha on Rav Yochanan, Reish Lokish. We can answer in the same way. Rav Chista says like this, is that Yovel takes 50 years. Right? He says the first 50 years that they were in Eretz Yisroam, nobody knew what's going to actually happen on year 50. Right? Even though technically, yes, when I, buy, when I sell my land, what's supposed to happen is what? Sure. He's supposed to give it back. But nobody really knew in the first 50 years, is that, is that really going to happen? So Rabbi Chista says that therefore, even... The, uh, between Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lokish, even Reish Lokish agreed that in the first 50 years it's considered to be a Kenyan Aguf. Why? Because the person who sold it really believed he wasn't, he wasn't going to get it back. 
And therefore, the only time it comes out of Machlokas between Rabbi Yochum and Reish Lokish as Rabbi Chista, that whether you say Kinyan Peres, Kinyan Guf, or not Kinyan Guf, he says that would only be from the second Yovel, from the first Yovel to the second Yovel, but not up to the first Yovel. Because up to the first Yovel, everyone believed when they were selling the land, they weren't going to get it back. In their mind, that there were Gomer Das to give, then it was considered to be Mamish, considered to be a Kinyan Guf. That's the Chilik he says. It's interesting. It's called, it's all based on the mindset of the individual. Therefore, therefore, it comes out that the questions we were asking before, that it's mashma, even though there's yovel, I, but it's only considered to be a kinyan of peyrus, it's a kasha and reish lakish, right, the Korah, I'm sorry, yeah, right, so therefore, why is it maybe the Korah, I, there's yovel, because it was talking about for the first 50 years. That, that's how you, you can also answer that question. But it's in the Torah, why, I don't understand that logic. It's from the Tyra. Why would you think not, we're not holding of the idol, the first idol? Listen, at the end of the day, no one had seen this reality that when you sell land, you're going to end up get it back. The Torah requires it, but it doesn't mean necessarily everyone's going to f- go through with it. If they're not going to go through with it, I figure it's done. I, it, what, 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 right. I, I, would, I would think, Rabbi, it'd be more likely that the person who's buying it doesn't think he has to give it back, or the person that's selling it's like, hey, I'm getting this back in 50 years. Yeah, but you only think you're getting it back if you really think you're getting it back. But, I mean, the point is, if no one's, there's no precedent you're ever getting it back, yeah, great, it's written somewhere, it's written somewhere, I'm gonna get it back, but I don't believe that that's gonna happen. You know, so in their mind, it was this complete sale. And you're right, the person buying it maybe also might have felt that way. Right, it's more like this. But now that Rav Chizda said that Machlokas is only the Yovel Shein, the Machlokas, whether you say Kenya Peres, Kenya Aguf, only affects the second Yovel. Abu Yovel Rishon Divra Kol, maybe the Korah. Everybody would agree, maybe the Korah. Why does everyone know whole maybe the Korah? Because everyone viewed it as a Kenya Aguf. No one just viewed it as a Kenya Peres in the future, up to the first Yovel. So therefore, because they were not so much Das, they did not have the mental. Uh, reliance that they're going to be able to get this back in 50 years. So therefore, Lokasha, the questions we asked before from the Mishnah Bikurim, not difficult because Abba Yovel Rish and Abba Yovel Shevi. You can also make that chilek, the reason why it's viewed as a Kenyan Paris and not a Kenyan Agu, uh, uh, I'm sorry, the reason why it's viewed as a Kenyan Agup and not a Kenyan Paris, even though there's Yovel, is because they did not believe it's going to happen in 50 years. That's only, only the first time round. Second time round, they saw it was happening. All right. Now, let me give the, 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 the next piece of Gemara needs a, 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 an extensive inter, introduction, and then, we'll, we, then, we, and, and then we'll, we'll read it inside. Listen carefully, because these are the halacha. I want to get the terminology correct. There's something called a steachuza, and there's something called a stay mikna. Steachuza is ancestral land that has been given father to son from the times of Yeshua, and the rule by Steachuza, Steachuza comes back at the Yovel. If there's Yovel, you sell it, you get it back. Stay Mikna, in terms of the guy who purchases the land. If you purchase from a person who owned its, and the ancestral land, so then for you it's not Steachuza, by you it is Steh Mikna. I mean, I purchased land, and the law is that at the Yovel, the Steh Mikna, go back to whoever the, uh, the, uh, the seller who was the owner of the ancestral land. Now, there is a difference between its status of Steachuza and its difference between Steh Mikna as it pertains to our Halacha. The halacha is like this: that if a person was maktish, 
consecrated steachuzo. Means it's my land, uh, my ancestral land. For whatever reason, I am makdish. I consecrated to give it to the base of Mikdash. The halacha is that he has till yovo to redeem it. Whatever it's worth, he gives that money to base of Mikdash, and then it comes back to him as Teachuz, as an ancestral land. If he does not redeem it, or if the, uh, if the Gizbar, the treasurer, saw that he does not plan on redeeming it and decided to sell it, to somebody else, then what happens is that in either scenario, at Yovo, it goes back to the base of Megdash and they give it out to the Kohanim. It becomes the ancestral lands of the Kohanim now, right? And the original owner of that Steachuzah loses out. So either he has to redeem it himself, or if he's not planning on redeeming it and the uh, Gizbar sold it to someone else, that person now has to give it back at the Yovul. And, but now it gets divided to the Kohanim. That's if the land originally was consecrated as a Zdei Achuza. Okay, with me? Now what happens if, let's say this land was not consecrated as a Zdei Achuza, but it was consecrated as Zdei Mikneh. What do I mean by that? Ruven is the original owner of the land. Reuven sold it to Shimon. Now the understanding is that sale, Shimon only has it as a Steimikna, which means that when Yovel comes, Shimon would have to give it back. But Shimon consecrated it. Shimon was Makdishid. Now, his ability to consecrate it can only go till the Yovel. But what happens in that case at the Yovel? It goes back to the... It goes back to Ruvain. So there's a difference between if you're Magdashid as a Steachuza or you're Magdashid as a Stei Mikna. If you're Magdashid as a Stei Mikna, it goes back to the original owner. If you're Magdashid as Steachuza, if you did not redeem it, then it goes to Mesa Mikna and gets divided up amongst the Kahanim. So far, so good. That's the easy part. Now, what happened over here is you have a father who owns the properties He's the, 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 the direct descendant from Yeshua ben Nun, when it was divided in the days of Yeshua ben Nun, and he is the owner of his Deachuzah. Whatever the family politics are, we're not going to get into right now. This father sells his son a piece of property. Now, the son at this point is considered to be a owner of Zdeachuza or owner of Steimikne? Steimikne. Because the son is not the owner of the land. His father is the owner of the land. His son's rights to it right now are not as a Steachuza. His son bought, gave money for it, so he's considered to be, it's considered a Steimikne. Everybody with me so far? Okay? Clear? What happens is, the son was Makdishit. Okay? Now you're going to say, well, if it's a stay Mikna, he's Makdishit as a stay Mikna, the then it should go back to the family, to the father. Father dies. Now listen up what the Shaila is. The father dies. Now the question is, when the father dies, if then that now the becomes the ownership of the son. But the son already had it, and the son was Makdishid. The question is, when the father's, uh, the son's Hekdish, do we now view that retroactively as being Makdish Deachuzah? Or is there Mikna? There's a big difference. Because now, if Yovel hits, 
If we view it as he was Maktish it as a Steachuza, then it's done. It goes to the Kahanim. But if we view it as his Maktish as a Mikne, then it comes back to him now as the owner of the Steachuza. That's going to be a Machlokis that we're going to be dealing with over here. What the Gemara wants to tie this in, the Gemara is going to say that really the fundamental of this Machlokis Tanoyim is actually going to be a Machlokis, it's going to be based on the principles of Rabbi Yochan and Shlokish, which actually is problematic to a certain extent. Because you never want to have that the Machlokas Amoroyim is really a Machlokas Tanoyim and the Amoroyim themselves did not quote or speak out that what they're saying actually is coming from the Tanoyim. But that's the issue we're dealing with. So Lameka Tanoy, look inside. <coughs> All right. So Lema Ketanoi. Let's say this Machlokas, Rabbi Yochanan Shlok, is really Machlokas Tanoi. Uh, now, Minayin, from where do we know? You have a son that purchased a Steachuza from the father, which ostensibly means by the son right now it's a Steh Mikne. Son went ahead and was Makdishit. And then, after the son was Makdishit, the father dies. How do we know that we view what the son did as if he was not Magdish Estei Mikna? We view as, as if he was Magdish Estei Achuza. And then what will happen when Yovel comes? It goes to the Bidmikdash. It goes to the goes right. How do we know that? Talmud Loma like this, from Yovel, from the Pasuk. Now this Pasuk is talking about a person that was Magdish Estei Mikna. Now, the, the Pesach is talking about a person with Magdish Estei Mikna, which the rule over there is, it goes back to the family that sold him the land. That's the rule. But look at the redundancy in the Pesach. The Pesach says like this, Im Estei Miknoso, if the person was Magdish Estei Miknoso, Asher Lo Mizdeachuzoso, which was not Estei Right? Now, the point that the Gemara, what, what bothered Chazal, is why do you have to write that second clause? You're telling me is, there's one, there's one positive that says, if it's Magdish Day, Achuza goes back at Yovel to the family. It says, but if you Magdish Day Mikna, then it, uh, I'm sorry, if you say Magdish Day Achuza, and you are not poet, it goes to the Vesa Amigdash. If you Magdish it as a Stay Mikna, it goes back to the family. But why do you have to speak out that you Magdish Day Stay Mikna, which was not a Stay Achuza? That, that clause, which was not a Stay Achuza, is really not necessary. It's a redundancy, because Obviously, you're telling me you're Magdish de Mikne, then it's not a Steachuza. So, Chazal Darshan, that means that you're Magdish de Mikne that could not become, that could not become a Steachuza. Then we, that could not become for you. You're Magdish something by Steachuza that could not become for you a Steachuza. Then we say it goes back to the family of Yoga. But if you're Magdish something as Steachuza, that technically could have become a Steachuza. What's the case that it could have become a Steachuza? When the father dies, in such a case, we're not going to lose you, we're not going to view it as a Steachuza, we're going to view it as your Magdish Steachuza, and you won't get it back. That's what the, that's what we're going to see these Tanoim held. So therefore, again, so therefore, let's see it inside. So, im as they are it's a field that is not in, 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 have the capacity to become for you as Deachuza. Yotazu, which is the, eliminates our case, the exception is our case. Why was it Deachuza? Because it was Magdish Deachuza. 
Because he inherited it. Because the when the father dies, he now gets it as a, as a Yerusha from the father, right? Now, that's Div Rav Yehuda Rav Shimon. So that's the sheet of Rav Yehuda and Rav Shimon. That's how they dash in the Pasuk. And then now comes along Rav Meir, and Rav Meir says, I disagree. Rav Meir says, Rav Meir Omer, he says that actually the drasha in the Pasuk is a different drasha. And I disagree with your case. In your case, actually, it's possible that we're not going to... Again, the case was the father died after the son was Makish. So therefore, in such a... Ramer might hold, he's going to say, that case, I don't view that as a stay achuza. He was Makish as a stay nikna. I so what's the drusha then coming to teach me? He says, the other way around. What happens if... Well, it's coming to teach me that the, the father died before the son was Makdish. Right. Not the case. Now, in such a case, it's when, he, when, he, when they first came to the son, how did it come to the son? Stay, it first came to the son as a stay. Now, Lechora, the father dies. So you could argue, but now it's, but it came to him as a stay Mikna, not as a stay Achuza. So therefore, in such a case, when he is Makdishit, so in such a case, that we're going to consider like a stay achuzah. Now we're going to see, that would seem to be Pasha, right? So we're going to have to see what the machlokas is. That case, Rabbi, Rabbi, Rabbi uh, Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon said, I don't need the Pasha for that case. Because at the time, his Magdash the father's dead. So of course in that case, a stay achuzah. So they learn to tell me the next case up, where the father died after it was Magdash, not before. Rabbi Meir says, no, I need it for the case where the father died before he was Magdish. Now, what's the Machlokas? Let's see if we can figure that out. So, what it says like this. Now, Rav Meir Omer, Rav Meir says, How do we know? Again, starts off the same way. That uh, the son purchased the field from the father. But in his case, But the father died first. Now, the father died first, and then the son went and was Magdish. How do we know that the Torah is going to consider that as a, I mean, a Hegdish of a Steachuza and not as a Hegdish of a Stei Mikna? That's what the Drosha, the redundancy in the Pazik is telling me. Talmud Loma, Miknoso, that if it's a Stei Mikna, which is only a Stei Mikna, that did not become a Steachuza. It has to be a soda that only it remained to stay mikna, but it would not. It's not talking about a case, and that's where the family gets it back. But it was a stay mikna that became a stay achuza, and then you were maktishid that we consider to be maktishid achuza. And the family would not get it back. It goes to the base of Mikdash if they didn't redeem it. So Yatzadush is Deachuza that isn't viewed as a Deachuza. Now the Purah points out that the first two Atanoyim, they learned that that's not what the Pasuk is referring to. Why? Because they hold that Pashud. That of course in that case, what are you being Makdish? The father died first. So therefore, the Ilul of Yehuda, Rabbi Shimon, Mace Aviv, they hold where the father died first. And only then the son was Makdish. For that, you don't need a posit. So now, let's understand. So what's the machloikas over here? Right, again, let's understand. There's a redundancy in the posit. 
The Pazik says that it's only considered to be a stay mikna and it goes back to the family if the person who purchased it was Makdashid, if it's only viewed as a stay mikna, not if it's viewed as a stay achuzo. Obviously, what's the portion? So it comes to the first two Atanoyim, Rabbi Yehud and Rabbi Shimon, they say, you know what case it's coming to tell you that we won't view it as a stay mikna, we'll view it as a stay achuzo, is if the son was Makdash, then the father died. Now that's already a big Kiddush, because at the time he was Makdashid, it was a mikna. And, but even so, the boss is telling me it has to be a mikna that could not become a stehachuzah. Since this could become a stehachuzah, we view it as stehachuzah. That's already a big chiddush. But that's what they hold. Comes along a man and says, I don't have that chiddush. That's taka considered de mikna. That's not considered stehachuzah. So what's the boss talking about? The talk the boss is talking about where the son inherited it. I'm sorry. Where the, where the father died, the son inherited, and then he was martyr. That's true. It came to him originally as a mikna, but then the father died, so you could only he arshin. Now he arshins it from the father. Now he's martyr. That's considered steachuzo. Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon say that that's uh, that's parshit. Why do I need the possibly tell me that? So what is the crux of the machloekis? Listen carefully. So my love That is it not that this is what they're arguing about? Now let's understand this. Listen carefully. What the Gemara is going to suggest, right, what, 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 what uh, you're bothered by over here is that Lechora, isn't it Parshat? I buy it as a stay mikna, true. I paid top dollar, I got a stay mikna. My father died, but when the father dies, so therefore, won't you say, now I, Yarshin, I got, I'm now made into a Steachuz. So now if I go and be Makdashid, of course it's Makdashid. Why do I need the positive to tell me that? So says, I guess I'll tell you why. Because you might have thought, and tell me what the Chiddush of Contra Mea is. If you hold Kenyan Paris, Kenyan Aguf Dami, if you hold Kenyan Paris, you're going to Aguf. When I did the Stay Mikne from the father, right? Now, even though it's a Stay Mikne, and it is Yovel, would have to go back. But, it, but if you hold like Rabbi Yochanan, that Kenyan Peros is considered Kenyan Guf. So at the time when I, when the son has it, he's viewed as what? As completely having it. Now the father dies, he doesn't really get anything more from the father. Why doesn't he really get anything more from the father? He already has it. Therefore, that's not table. Therefore, we don't look at it as a Yerusha. And if we don't look at it as a Yerusha, because you really didn't get anything extra more, then when he's Magdish, it's still considered being Magdish de Mikna, and maybe he would have thought it's not considered being Magdish de Achuza. You can only look at it as a Achuza if you inherit something more from the father. But therefore, you might have thought you're not inheriting anything more, because you already have everything that you could have had. Therefore, you need the person to tell me that even so, even though Kenya Peiros is Kegin Aguf, we still view this as being Makdish as the Achuzo and not as the Makdish as the Mikna. That's what Rav Meir holds, but you need the Drosha for that. Now, the first two Tanoim don't, don't entertain that. You know why? Because they all Kenyan Peiros, love Kenyan Aguf. So therefore, if you're in Peiros, love Kenyan Aguf, and now the father dies, of course you're getting, you're inheriting the land. So if you're inheriting the land, of course that's not Considering being Magdish de Mikna. That being Magdish de Achuz, I don't need the Pasuk for that. So it comes out that the Machlokas here, the one wants to say, is the, the Machlokas between these Tanoyim, how you utilize the Pasuk, seems to be classical division according to Machlokas of Yochan and Shlokas with the Okinian Paris and Yagub. That's what the Gemara is suggesting. Let's see it inside. So my love, is it not? And the reason why Mara is going to say it in this lesson is because, again, I said that creates problems for Rabbi Yochanan and Shlokish. Because now they can only hold like one Tana and they don't hold like the other Tana. Usually you want to be able to say what I'm saying works according to everybody. Alright, let's see it inside. So Mara says as follows, My love, I can be like Rabbi Yochanan. 
Now, therefore, So therefore, in this case, when the father dies, he's not really inheriting. Why is he not really inheriting? Because he already has the Kenyan Aguf. His Kenyan Paris was considered a Kenyan Aguf. So he really never got anything extra when the father died. So therefore, So therefore, when, when, the father, when the father dies, and then he's Magdish, you need the Pasuk, because otherwise you would have thought that really this should still be viewed as a Semikne. And not as Steachuza comes along the Pasuk and says, no, we consider this to be a Steachuza. However, the Lom, this will work. But that's what you need the Pasuk for. Now, what about the Yehudin of Shimon, Savri, Kenyan Paris, Lavga Kinyan Aguf Dami? They all came Paris, Lavga Kinyan Aguf. So, therefore, if you bought it from the father, all you bought was a Kenyan Paris. Now the father dies, you're yarshening the Kenyan Aguf. So, therefore, sure it's considered when you're marked, you're being marked, you're being marked, So, therefore, Vahabim, Mrs. Aviv, uh, and, and in this case, when the father died, now when the father dies, you're getting a big Yerusha. You're getting the king in a group which you never had before. Therefore, therefore, if the father died before your Magdish, of course that's considered to be, you're being Magdish as Deachuza. So the Chiyitzukrov, then what's the necessity of the Pasuk? It's for the next case, where what? First exertion. Where first were and then the father died. That's already, that's what the positive need. That's the Chiddush. Therefore, it's a crawl. So therefore, that's what the Gemara wants to suggest, that this Machlokas Tanoim is really Machlokas of Yochanan and Reishlok. Now, what the Gemara is going to do is going to say Labdafka. It doesn't have to be that way. However, you're going to see if you analyze this correctly, is that really... That Lav Davka is only going to work for Rabbi Yochanan. We really what Rabbi Nachman is going to argue here, Rabbi Nachman Yitzchak, is Rabbi Yochanan could actually go like both Tanoyim. It doesn't make the same recommendation according to Reish Lokish. It means Reish Lokish is stuck. Reish Lokish can only go, his opinion can only fit like, uh, like uh, Rabbi, Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon. It can't fit like Rav Meir. What we're going to show is, but Rav Yochanan's sheet of Kenya Perez and Kenya Gubdami could actually fit both opinions. So what it says like this, I'm Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchok, Lo'olam Eimelach, really I'll tell you, Ba'alma Kasabri Rav Meir, Rav Yehuda Rav Shimon, that even Rav Yehuda and Rav Shimon hold Kenya Perez, is considered Kenya Nagub. There's no argument on that. Both sets of Tanoyim, the, Tanaka, the first two, plus Rav Meir, all hold Kenya Perez, Kenya Nagub. Aye, so what's the Machlokas, how they manipulate the psukim, how they dodge on the psukim, if they all agree, Kenyan Peirus is the Kenyan Aguv Dami. So one says like this, What the Gemara is going to say is that according to the first two, Rabbi Yehud and Rabbi Shimon, because the Chara, if you hold like Rabbi Yochanan, then Rabbi Meir is right, then you, all like Rabbi, then you need the Chiddush even for the case where the father died before the son was Maktish. Because if Kimba is going to go, you're not getting anything from the father. So you need the positive for that case. So what's the trap in Rabbi Yish, Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon? He says like this, they darshan, there's two drushes to make here. The redundancy wasn't just one redundancy. They had two drushes in the redundancy, as we're going to see. And since there are two drushes to be made, one is for the lesser Chiddush, the way Rav Meir darshan did, which means where the father died... Be, uh, uh, where the father died before the son was Makdish. The second drasha is to be made is where the father died okay. after. Rabbi Meir disagrees. He says there's only one drasha to be made. So if there's only one drasha to make, you have to learn the lesser Chiddush, which is the case where the father died first, and he doesn't agree with the case where the father died after. Let's see it inside. So what it says like this. So what it says as follows. It goes like this. 
that Lichtov Rachmana, Kodesh Baruch when he wrote the Psukim, when, the, when he, when he uh, wrote the Psukim in the Torah, it says, Im es demiknosoi, asher loy achuzosoi. It should say that this was a Steh Mikna, which was not a Steh Achuzo. However, there's an extra letter put in the Torah. What's there? Steh Me'achuzosoi. Why do you have to have the Mem? If it just wants to tell you that this is a Steh Mikna and not a Steh Achuzo, you don't have to write, Asherlom Mizdeh Achuzoso. Just say, Steh Achuzoso. Why do I have to write the extra Mem? My Mizdeh Achuzoso. Why do I have to write Mizdeh Achuzoso? Just say, Asherlom Achuzoso. What is this Mizdeh Achuzoso? So that's teaching me there's two things going over here. Number one, it has to be a Steh Mikna, which is right now a Steh Mikna and not a Steh Achuzo. That's coming, that's the one din that's teaching me, which means that it's coming to teach me Rav Meir's understanding. That if the father died first, we're going to look at this as a Steachuza, not as a Steachuza, that's the Chiddush. But there's a second Russia, Miz Deachuza, so is Mashma something that could become a Steachuza. And that's the case of the Tanakamas. That's why, because over there, even though right now when you purchased it, it's a Steachuza, however, and when you're Maktashid, you're Maktashid is a Steachuza, but it's going to become a Steachuza. That's what the second level of Drusha is, the higher level of Drusha. But the reason they do it is because they have both Drushas to make. All right. So what it says like this. So my misdeachuza, that it's a stade that even if it's not right now, but it's not fit in the future, becomes yatzezu that eliminates the case where the father died after the son was matish. At the end of the day, still Okay. So bottom line, what we did right now, we're saying is it doesn't have to be necessarily be that the tanoim argue the machlokas amaroim because it could be both sets of tanoim agree that Kenyan Peiris is Kenyan Guf which is by the way agreeing with who? With Rabbi Yochanan. Means Rabbi Yochanan will explain both this way. But Reish Lakish doesn't have that option. According to Reish Lakish, Taka is going to have to learn. It's a Machlokis Tanayim. Now, Amr Rabbi Yosef. Rabbi Yosef points out the following. He says that he loved Amr Rabbi Yochanan Kenyan Peiris with Kenyan Guf. That if Rabbi Yochanan did not maintain his position that a Kenyan Peiris is considered to be a Kenyan Aguf, which means that if you own the fruit, you spoke the rights, you consider like you own the Guf itself. If he didn't hold that, so then, if he didn't hold that, then, then, lo matzah yodav medrash. He wouldn't literally, he wouldn't find his hands and feet. I means his own position concerning other matters would be completely undermined and, and we wouldn't be able to explain him. He wouldn't be able to find yodav aragla. He wouldn't find, because we see, what's that? was something else that he says, meaning based on his position elsewhere, if he didn't hold that Kiyopah is going to go, then he would literally be up against the wall. You would not be able to explain Shat Rabbi Yechon. What's the case over there? Like this. Let me get, let's explain this outside. There is the following situation. Now, let's say a father dies and leaves his Yerusha and he only has one son. Then obviously there's not a question how to divide it. Why? Because there's only one son. The Shiloh is, what happens if he has ten properties, okay, let's say they all work the same amount, just live for him to men. And he has two sons, right? The yeah. oldest was a girl, so no, 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 Bechor. I just make it easy. Okay? Now, the point is as follows. We can go and work out a deal in Basin that you get this five and you get that five and they sign off it and they're happy for it. The question is that now, the day of each one owns them, is that considered to be as if they got it as a Yerusha, or they're considered as Lokhin, as a Tlekuchos, is considered as purchasers. Wow. What's the Nafka mean? Why? Because at the end of the day, 
they, we don't know how the father would have divided, which five would have gone to which son or which five. We, they made a deal between themselves. Now there's a big difference. Do we look at them as purchasers or do we look at them as, as, as straight up Yerusha? Now what it really depends is on Breira. If you agree with Breira, then the way we decide to divide up the five and five, we'll say retroactively, that's the way the father would have wanted it to be, and therefore that's considered be Yorishim. But if we don't know how the father would have wanted it to be, and we don't have a right to say retroactively that's what he wanted, then the most they're considered be, they purchase this from one another. What's the nafkamina? Comes Yovo. If Yovo comes, if they're your Yorishim, then they each have it as their Achuza directly from the Father, and that's how he gave it over to them, then the Yovo has no impact on it. But if they're considered purchases from one another, then it would have to go back to the estate every Yovo. The, the Bedin will hold the estate? They will have to be whoever the estate, the entity of the estate. And there's a machlokas we've shown, and we saw this earlier a few, uh, a few blood ago, doesn't have to get redivided, or if it gets redivided, but according to the same lines, but you still have to go through that formality because they're only purchasers. Now, what's the problem? The issue is like this. Is that, Amarav Asi, Amarav Yochanan, Ha'achim Shechok, Rabbi Yochanan's shita concerning the issue that I just brought down, he holds it clearly, he doesn't hold the Breira works here, and therefore they consider the Kuchin, and in the Kuchin, that every Yovo, it has to go back to the estate, and then it gets, whether it's redivided or divided, but that's what has to happen. Now, what's the problem? Now, the problem is like this. If you would hold, if you hold Kenyan Peiris, Kenyan Aguf, right? Yes. Then I understand how you, you have the mitzvah of the Kurim. Because even if they're lekuchin, but it's considered like as if I own the group, every person can go to the base of Mikdash and say, because he owns the Kenyan payers, even though he's going to have to divide it again. But you're not a problem, because bottom line, Kenyan payers can go. They could say, maybe the Korah. But if Rabbi Yochanan Shita, but, but if he held Kenyan Peiris is not considered Kenyan Aguf, then it comes out that because you have to divide the estate that way, then no one would ever, unless you had from the times of Yeshua that somebody only had one son all the way down, only then you'd be able to say, maybe the Korah. But otherwise, you wouldn't be able to say, maybe because Kenyan Peiris is not considered to be Kenyan Haguf. So therefore, the fact that he calls Kenyan Peiris is Kenyan Haguf, that's how we understand how we can also maybe the Korah, because even though multiple child children in Yerusha, it's not a problem, because they have it as a Kenyan Peiris, but it's also considered Kenyan Haguf, so it's maybe the Korah. That's what the Gemara is saying. So let's see it inside. So the Gemara says as follows, Now, Esau, the Daitech, Lapu Kenyan Haguf, you have like Rish Lokish, that Kenyan is not considered beginning of Gufdami, then Lomish Gachas, it will never come out, the Maisa Bikurim, that you could ever bring Bikurim. What means bringing Bikurim, the Raisa, with being Korah, maybe Bikurim. El Echad Barchad, only if it's a person where one family had only one son, going back all the way, Ad Yeshua Bin Nun. That's the only way to the time of Yeshua Bin Nun would you be able to do it. So how could Rabbi Yochanan hold that you could be made with Korah's mind later generations? Must be, because since he holds Kenyan Beiros, it's going to be not a problem. I'm a robber. So robber said, and actually we pass him like this, is that we have the Pasuk itself, and a Brisa seems to be clearly like the Sheet of Rish Lakish, that what? That King of Paris is only on the Paris. We don't view the, we don't look at the, where do we see this? Kra is like this. Very interesting. When, when, when the Torah is talking about the Yovel, when you, when you sell and you know Yovel's coming, how are you going to determine the value? You determine the value as how many seasons 
of, of, of the Yovel, that's how you're going to calculate. And when you redeem it, you redeem it back on based on the same way. So it says like this, but you see, it's interesting. It says, the Mizbar Shnei Tavuos Yimachalach. When it's sold, it's based on the Shnei Tavuos. What does that imply? That the sale that's happening before the Yovel, the only thing we're interested is, is in the Paris. We don't, we don't, it's not saying you sell the land. It's saying you're selling the mission. So what does that imply? That you don't own the... The Kenyan is not considered a Kenyan group. Because it says all your Yamacha Lach is the Kenyan Paris. So it's mashma from the wording of the Psukim, it's mashma clearly like Rish Lakish, that Kenyan Paris is considered to be a... Yeah, you could quetch. It means a Paris. But, but, that's, but what it, that's not what it seems to say. And now, what's the Brysa? The Brysa also, Geval de Geraya. The Brysa all like this. The, the din is as follows. Is a Bechor is Noto Pishnayim. Now, what does it mean a Bechor is Noto Pishnayim? You have a firstborn in the family. So therefore, let's say there are two brothers. You divide it up as if there were three. And the, 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 the Bechor gets now. But he only gets the Muxak. He only gets from the assets that are here. He doesn't get from assets that are owed to the estate. Which means, Bechor, let's say the father was a creditor. He had lent money to Ruvain. And that money wasn't paid back yet. When Reuben pays back that money after the death of the father, the father doesn't get, of the oldest, uh, older brother doesn't get Vishnayim. Because he only gets Vishnayim, but Muchzok, he doesn't get the Ro'uy. Okay? Interesting thing. So what would happen is, that let's say there was land. Okay? And land was sold by the, Yerusha, it was a ancestral land, was sold by the father to Reuben. Right? And the, that only came back after Yo- at Yovel, after the father died, that's when it came back. Does the son get Pishnayim or not in the land? Well, it depends. Because if you would say Kenyan Peiris and Kenyan Aguf, that means Reuben actually owned both the Peiris and the Guf, so it comes out that the, 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 the Bukhar, before the death of the father, the estate didn't have it. It was, right? But if you only hold Kenyan Peiris, the goof is still owned by the estate, then it's not considered to be Roy, it's considered to be Muxak, then the son would get Pishnan. So let's see what the din is. He says like this, number two, he does get Pishnaim. Since the son does get Pishnaim, what does it tell you about the ownership of Ruvain, who the father sold it to? It wasn't a Kenyan Aguf. Where was the Guf? With the estate. That's why it's not Pishnaim. But if you were to say, then the one who had it, it was only like, it was like an outside loan. It was so there, and you wouldn't get it. So this, that's the Ryan. Amar Abaya. Abaya says like this, Naktinon, we have the following, uh, Mesoro, we have the following tradition. Baal. Now the rule is like this, if you hire somebody, you can't just hire somebody and say, okay, you know what, go represent me in court. That that guy owes me a thousand dollars. Because the person who you're coming to claim against can say, La Baal Devarim De Diat. Who are you? I only have to deal with a principle. The only way to get around that is you do what's called a harshaw. What's a harshaw? Power of attorney. Power of attorney. You, if you give someone the power of attorney, then he cannot say, La Baal Devarim De Diat. Why? Because uh, I am considered now as if the person who is the principal is there. Now, what about if the husband wants to go and, 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 and make a claim or fight about the nixte malug, the properties that the wife brought in to the marriage? Now, remember, his right to those properties are king and payers. He has uh, usufructory rights. So, let's see from the ruling, 
how are we did, how, where are we going with Reish Lakish or are we going with Rabbi Yochanan? So let's see inside. In Aktina, we have the following Masorah. Baal Benichse Ishto, the husband concerning the, the, the lands, the, the, the Nechosim that the wife brought into the marriage as Nechse Malug, Sarech Arsha, he has to have an, a power of attorney written for him to go and defend these properties from somebody that's laying claim to them, he needs it. Why? Because his right is only a Kenyan payros. That person has been challenging is on the land itself. On the land itself, he doesn't have a right unless what? Unless he has power of attorney. That clearly goes like who? That goes like who? Like Reish Lakish. That Kenyan payros is a group, don't mean. Below Amr, now, however, there is a knech over here. That's only true if the uh, argument that he's coming to claim is only on the land. So if it's only on the land, he doesn't have a right to the land, he has to give our shah. But let's say it includes a claim that includes both against the land and the payrolls. Now the payrolls, he does have a right to fight, yeah. because that's affecting him directly. So therefore, in such a case, since he has a right to fight on the payrolls, we also allow him to fight on the land, even without an harsha. That's the point it's making. Where he's not coming on the payrolls, only on the karka. But he's coming to fight, to, to defend, or contest the payrolls as well. So since he has had the right, because it's his payrolls, to fight about the payrolls, he can fight on the, on the land itself, even without needing an harshaw, which is like Rishlach, which is the way we pass. Okay, now we're going to start Mesechah's Perak Hanazokin. Perak Hanazokin is a famous Perak. We learn it in the Eon and the Yeshivas, and also has all the Tisha B'Av We're going to get to uh, in, uh, all the Agadatis about from Tisha B'Av, the Churban Bayis, all those are going to be in here as well. It's a good timing. Right, I don't. It doesn't make it. It doesn't make the cut exactly, but uh, it does lead into. I don't. I haven't done the math if, where, when it falls out. But anyway, let's go on. It's, uh, I think it's Nun Hay. Now, says the as follows: Hanizokin. Now, just as, 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 as just to give an introduction over here, is that we're going to go learn this like Shita's Rashi. Now, Shita's Rashi, we're going to see there is a number of classifications where somebody owes you money. And you are able to go and take from him what he owes you. Rashi learns cash is king. Which means that if you have cash, cash is always the first way to pay off somebody owes you something. However, if we don't have, it's a non, no cash. So then it goes by the lien on the property. On the property. Now, property can be divided into, we're going to see three different levels. There is Idis, which is the highest level of property. There's Bainanis, which is the middle level. And there's Iburis, which is the lowest level. Now, we're not talking about that the person is getting any less value. But a person would rather have a half an acre of Idis than three acres of Ziburis or Bainanis. Why? Because it's easier to take care of and maintain. It's easier to sell. So a person would rather have a higher quality of a lesser amount than have a greater amount. So the question is going to be, going to be discussing over here is that we're going to be dealing with three categories of, of people. One is when there's been damages. Damages caused, you owe the pay, you have to pay the person, then you also have to pay from your land. What quality land is the person allowed to take? We're going to be talking about creditors. Somebody that was a loan, that was written and documented, that created a lien, and you have to pay, we're going to see, not only from your property, sometimes it even has to go to encumbered properties, if you don't have anything, goes to the person who you sold the property to. And the last case, we're going to be dealing with Iksuva. 
of the Isha that uh, in terms of paying off a ksuba that she has, we'll see it might not fit exactly the rules of a IOU in, in terms of regular thing. Sani Zakin, the cases of damage. By the way, when, and we're going to get into this a little more in depth in Baba Kama, but when we talk about these three qualities, it's relative to what the person has. So if it is the best land that you own, even if it's not necessarily the best of the area, but the best of with you, the Bainanish is the middle, Sibur, it's a base relative to what you you own, not, it, it, so it, it, it's not it's necessarily a, it's a subjective value, correct. Now, Hamizokin, Zogdeilige Mishnah, those people that are, have been, uh, that, 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 that are having to pay, uh, that were damaged based on somebody damaging them, and now they're coming to collect for their damages, Shamran Lahan Be'idis, that we evaluate the land of the mazik when they get paid, we, that we make the mazik pay idis, highest quality property. Balchol, by a creditor, bebeinonis. By a creditor cannot demand idis, he can only demand the middle, the average lands. Now, Ksuvah's Isha, by Ksuvah and Isha, and we're going to discuss whether it's from the husband or whether it's from the uh, state, but they have a right to pay, or the husband has a right to pay off with Ziburis. Alright. Rav Meir disagrees. He says there's no difference between Aksubis Isha and a regular Baal and therefore she also has a right to demand Bainanis. Okay. Now, the, the, the next case, the, 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 the next part of the mission is going to be dealing with a number of different scenarios. Let's start with the first one. Let's say, Somebody sold you a property that ended up being stolen, right? You're supposed to do a title search, maybe you couldn't find it, but it was, but it was a stolen piece. So Ruben still Shimon had a piece of property, and Levi shows up and proves that he owns that property. Now, there's no question he can take back the property. Now, the problem is that Shimon might have invested in that property. He fertilized it. There's not crops growing on it. There might have been a fluctuation. There's been an evaluation over the last three years. The property's worth a lot more. The halacha is that the, uh, the real owner is Levi, takes back the property that's his. All he has to pay Shimon is for the uh, actual value of what he invested. It means what's the price of fertilizer? What's that mean? That's all he has to pay for what the, the he does not have to pay for what the land is worth if now. It was, is worth now. Worth. Not in terms of the valuation of the even the payrolls that they have his fruits and everything. He doesn't have to pay for that. He has to pay for the cost of what it costs to upgrade the land. That's all Levi has to pay. Where does Shimon get that payback from? From Reuben. From Reuben. He has a document that gets that gives him. A title protection, he writes it's an achrayus, so therefore, that, the, the uh, how much the, the fruit we're now worth, and how much the land has been, uh, has, has, uh, what's called, uh, appreciated. appreciated, that he has to go to Reuben. He does not get that from Levi, the real owner of the land. Okay, with me? See, so, tomorrow says like this, the so, Nitzi. Uh, um, Ain't Ephraim. Ain't Ephraim means you I'm sorry, I, I, I jumped, I jumped the case. That's what I said. And, and this is talking about that if anybody has 
a, a lien on the far, on the land from the father, so they they, they, they have to pay. They have to pay from the father's properties. They don't have to pay their own pocket. But even when they come to take from the father's properties, that you can only collect. The creditor can only collect from what the father owed them from Ziburis. We're going to see these all Tikkun Olam things that are extending from the last parak of Tikkun Olam. Now, this is what I was referring to. I'm sorry, I, I just missed that last case. Mm-hmm. That means that a, uh, a, a, a person that's having the land possessed, repossessed, because what he bought was a stolen uh, property, is not allowed to uh, collect or demand payment from the owner. He's not allowed to collect from the owner the Achilles payros of the Shvakarkos for what the actual value of the fruit that are now growing on it or the, uh, uh, the, uh, the value that has been, I keep forgetting the word, uh, appreciated. Uh, appreciated of the land. He cannot take it from the real owner. Rashi points out, who can he actually take that from? He can only go back into Ruven, yeah. but he can't take it from Levi. Also, now, but Lamazona Isha Vahabonos, now if you have, there's a din that the estate are required to take care of the wife. As long as she hasn't collected her ksuva, they have to pay her mazon. They have to pay her food, her clothing, they have to pay for that. As well as any daughters below the age of 12 and a half, or if they have not yet accepted kedushin from anybody else, they also have to pay for that. Now here, the din is that if, in fact, they have like, they like creditors. The wife, the daughters are creditors because as part of the ksuva, that has to be taken. The Allah is they can only take it from the estate from encumbered properties. What the, from, un, I'm sorry, unencumbered properties. What the estate has, they can take it. But let's say a piece of property that, at the, when the father originally got married and wrote the ksuva was there, and then the father sold it, technically a creditor would be able to go after that property. We don't allow the Isha and the Bonos to go after that. We're going to see it's also Tikkun Olam. Because title search, you can say, is listen, I can check if there are any other creditors and I can leave, I can leave enough property that before I buy it, they're going to have to go after that. Here it's almost impossible to figure out how much should I have to leave that the wife is going to be able to be fed, the daughter. So we don't allow for the wife and the bonus to take from the chosim and So a thief, by the way, it's much, but a thief that uh, somebody, I'm sorry, the owner who bought, uh, who, who goes after a piece of property that someone Board that was that was his and was had been stolen and sold to him. He can go after encumbered properties as well. What's Meaning, the word encumbered? encumbered is uh, that uh, that means that that it was mashubed that I bought it and I sold it to someone else. It's mashma. The owner can go after that property, but the ish, but he's just not allowed to, uh, and you're not allowed to demand from him. What's his name? Uh, the the payrolls or the appreciation. By the Isha, she can't, she can only go to the estate of what the estate actually has. She can't go to the estate of what is owed. Of, 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 of what somebody else purchased, a property that they purchased after the father had made the deal. Let's go. So therefore, uh, the last thing is like this. This is a, would be a very common case, right? A guy comes to your door and says, I found your wallet. You open up the wallet and say, one second, I had a hundred in there. Why is there only thirty? So now, he says, I only found thirty. That technically, it's, uh, it, it, you'll be able to say to him, I can make you swear and base it. Because I'm, I'm, I'm the, I say, it's a motive mix. You're admitting to part. 
So the, the Chachamim said that by, by Hashem uh, Zaveda, you can't make the guy swear. It was a Tikkun Why? Obviously. Because any time I return something, I can make me, nobody's going to want to do the mitzvah, so if they can't make a shvur. So now, Motsi Mitzia, Lo Yeshava, Mipnei, Tikkun Olam, because it's Tikkun Olam. Jim, we'll stop over here. Two questions. Yeah. Uh,